hour left until we start our weekend. Woo-hoo! Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays Talk on Sunday. After the final game of the series against the Guardians. ABK scheduled to start for the Blue Jays against Shane Bieber. Stay hot. I mean, they, they got some tough ones. McKenzie's not going to be an easy get. Quantrill tonight is going to be and subtract. You know, it's it's and he's pitching. He's pitching at home. He's pitching at home. Quantrill's got. He'll have his of his boys. He'll have his peeps with him. But but I but I will say uh, behind in the count, hitters are hitting three eleven off him. So just knowing that, try and go up, not chase the sinker in off the plate. Don't chase the cutter off uh, away off the plate. If you can pick one side of the plate, make him be on the plate. You got a better chance. If you don't. 7.07 will be the first pitch tonight. Jose Barrios. I'm trying to say it like Morosi says it. Barrios. 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 Oh, it's your boy. Jose Barrios. Learn how to say his name. Against Cal Quantrill. can't believe you're so... My boy. I'm not down. He's a good pitcher, but he's... <laughs> he can he's, be he's, fine. He's... Uh... You all need to... It, listen, if you're... Guy, if people out there are looking for issues with, for issues with the Blue Jays, Jose Barrios is like fifteenth on your list. Of two the games, two games. games to win. Is he pitching one of them? Homer Road <laughs> doesn't matter for me. He is. Yeah, I two game, two games to win. Yep. You're well, lying. No, you're not telling the no, truth. No, Manoa or Gossman. No, obviously. Two games, two yeah, wins. Okay, right then, now, Manoa and Gossman would be the guys. You can't say what you just said. Then uh, Manoa or Gossman would be the guys, but. If I had to, I wouldn't be upset. I think a little bit. Some people are saying that's a hundred and thirty million dollar number three starter on a decent team. I prefer to look at it as a hundred and thirty million dollars for a guy who's going to give me two hundred innings. You find somebody else who's going to give you two hundred innings. Because I bet he's not giving you two hundred this year. He will give you two hundred. I mean, maybe not this year. Well, you did say but you'll be getting two hundred. The contract is fine. It really is fine. Mm. Let me see how many innings he's got. I, I take a look around the, the game at, at what pitchers are making. That deal is fine. You know Blue Jays fans don't do that. Well, they should. He's got 118 innings. That, say, he's got, say he's got about uh, seven more starts. He averages six 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 innings. That's 42 more innings. He ain't making no 200 He'll make innings. 200. He'll be 200 innings. Not this year, but he'll. He's had a couple of. He's had some really crap starts, but over the life of that contract, he's going to be fine. Sounds like just you're on trust the payroll. The guy. No, just Jose Barrios. Just, just trust the guy. Trust the athlete. Trust the pitcher, man. It's going to be fine. It really is. That's <laughs> a little put up or shut up time. This no, time of the year. No, it's not. Oh, it is. No, it's not. This time of the year. No, it's not. He's got six years to put up or shut up, Parker. He's got to have one World Series ring during that time. That's put up or shut up. It could be this year, it could be next year, it could be the year after. Okay. Look, I'm just okay. uh, like everybody's got I understand. We all have blinders on with certain players and certain pitchers. And yeah, I'll Jose Barrios is a hill I'll die on. It is. Let's bring in Shai Davidi, our MLB insider with Sportsnet. Hmm. Shai's not gonna die in that hill. I want to ask Shai about the uh article just uh, I just tweeted a link to it. And it's on Sportsnet Thoughts Age. A terrific article about John Schneider. And, and, and Shai, thanks for joining us. Because it did, it, it, it kind of occurred to me that, you know, we know John from spending time with him. You know him from spending more time with him around the, you know, because you're around the team more. Barker was a roommate with the dude. So 
there's a lot of sort of there's a lot of knowledge about John Schneider, but I think the average Jays fan reading that uh, it, it will be really interested because I don't think shy that people out there really understand that John Schneider's not surprised that he's managing a major league team right now, is he? You may not people yeah. may not have known a lot about him, but this isn't a guy who is wide-eyed and oh my god, I can't believe I'm managing a major league team. Yeah, definitely. This is somebody who's really been working for this uh, or working towards this for a long time and you know, it really struck me when he took over just how prepared he was in the sense that you know, he was sort of thrown behind uh, the wheel of a speeding car that was about to veer off the road. And he was able to grab the wheel right away and, and steady the ship, uh, which is exactly what the Blue Jays needed at that point. And he'd done a lot of, or at least given things a lot of preparatory thought in terms of how, how to kind of run, run the club. And that, that really struck me in the first days after he took over. And you know, I thought it'd be interesting to, to dive a little deeper in, in terms of you know, where he developed a lot of his different philosophies and different approaches and how he, how he handles relationships and things of that nature. And uh, it was really interesting that even when he was at the tail end of his playing career in the minor leagues, Dick Scott, who was then the farm director, identified a lot of the qualities that I really carried him to this point right away and gave him an opportunity to make a transition in coaching. So uh, you're right. This isn't someone who's surprised. This is someone who has had it as a goal and made uh, and, and spent a long time working towards it. And now that he got the opportunity, he's doing everything he can to seize it. See, and what I find really interesting about that is we all know that there is a political element to this game. And if you are hired by one front office, the J.P. Ricciardi front office, and you survive the second front office, Alex, I understand, Alex, there was a lot of crossover between J.P. and Alex, but that's another general manager. Then you got Shapiro and Atkins. That's, like, that isn't always the case when you're, when you're in a system, is it? I and mean, quite often the farm director goes and they start saying, okay, who's my guy, who's his guy, who's my guy, who's his guy? It, it says something that you're able to, to survive basically what amounts to three turnovers. Yeah, and, and not just turnovers in terms of personnel, but complete revamps of the way the player development system was structured, right? It, it started with Alex, uh, you know, Dick Scott was one of, uh, one of the first people that he, he changed when he took over, and Tony LaCava ended up uh, in part of a dual role overseeing the farm system as well. And it stayed that way for a long time. They ran the farm system a certain way. And then when Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins took over, there was another changeover. Gil Kim took over the farm system, uh, a, another complete revamp. And then in the midst of that came, uh, you know, a couple different data revolutions. So John Schneider, the player, grew up in the Moneyball era where, you know, famously, you know, on base percentage was uh, – valued over batting average and slug was valued over uh, everything else. And he understood the game through that lens. And then came the Statcast era where all of a sudden you've got all this information being collected on swing planes and the way pitches move and 
spin rates, exit velocities, and things of that nature. And Schneider was able to adjust again during that. So uh, this is someone who clearly is open-minded to different approaches. It's not completely set in his way. Uh, he wants to be able to kind of take the best uh, pieces of information available to him and make the best decisions with that. And that's something that he's done throughout his career. Jay's got 52 games left. Other than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is there a player for you that has to have a great, I'm not saying good, a great 52 games for the Blue Jays to not squeak into the playoffs but roll into the playoffs? That's interesting. You could go a number of ways there, but under the assumption that George Springer has to play in some sort of diminished version of himself while he's coping with the elbow injury, you know, Vlad and Bo, it really just comes down to them a fair bit because those are the two guys who can really carry this team. You can point to T. Oscar Hernandez as well as another guy who's really capable of putting the team on his back. But if Bo and Vlad get going, they can overcome not having George Springer at his very best. And then, I, you know, you could also point to a number of guys in the rotation, right? You say Kikuchi bouncing back all of a sudden really changes uh, the, the, the picture. And, you know, if Anthony Bass can be a guy to support Jimmy Garcia and Jordan Romano, I mean, that changes things too. So uh, I know you asked for one and I gave you a few different options, oh, but mm -hmm. I, I, I think there, there are a number of ways in which this can, this can resolve itself. But, you know, I do think if, if George Springer isn't able to be a hundred percent of himself, you know, that's, that's going to be another hurdle, a significant hurdle for this team to overcome. You, you mentioned Springer. Now, that, that's a little cloudy for me. I, I thought bone chips in the elbow, the only way you could fix that is with surgery. I, I know they're trying to give him a little time to, to walk away and not have to think about it and you know, not have to try and gear himself up to at least have a couple of good swings a game. A couple of good swings from him is better than other guys' best swings. But is is that the best thing for George? I, I know you're trying to force it, and, and they're a better team without him. But if it's surgery is the only thing that's going to fix that, Shy, do you think it's just better to say – it is what it is. I know we'd rather have you here. If you know, if anything, we'll wait for you to play when it comes playoff time. Well, I agree to an extent, but you can't just tell the guy, "Hey, take a month off. Here's the playoffs. All right, now sure. perform when you're not feeling right too." And seventy percent of George Springer, sixty-five percent of George Springer, that's still better than a lot of your other options. Mm -hmm. So the, the calculation they have to make, and, and this is where Springer has to be honest with them to, a, to an extent too, is are you, are you able to give the team enough without sacrificing or, or potentially making any of the, the issues in the elbow worse? And the Blue Jays seem to be, or seem to have concluded at least that he's not going to make it worse. It's just a matter of him playing through pain. And then, you know, that then it becomes up to George where he has to decide or, or realize, you know, what can I do how to, to contribute and find ways to contribute. And he's smart enough as a player and experienced enough as a player that he can find ways to contribute and deliver quality at bats. It's not going to be necessarily the full impact, but 
if he can do that and they have to manage it with day, periodic days off, it's still valuable in my estimation if, if they can do if they can do that and they're not putting him at any longer term risk. So, Shai, what do the what do the Jays do uh, for pitching on Sunday? Do we have to bring Jeff Galuli up here to uh, <laughs> to ensure that 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 uh, Kikuchi doesn't pitch or what? Man, it, it, I think the frustrating thing about Kikuchi is that you just see it. Right, it's it's there, and you see the 95 in the top of the zone, and you see the slider playing, and you see the changeup working, and you're like, it's within grasp, and just hasn't been able to put the puzzle pieces together consistently enough to make it work. I I wonder, there's obviously a little bit more runway because they're waiting uh, for Stripling to make that rehab start today and then assessing where he's at and then how you reintroduce him to the rotation. I, you know, you give him, you, Kikuchi's got a little bit more runway. And in an ideal world, you're finding a way that he become he gets himself right enough that maybe it's him and Mitch White in some sort of dual role mm. or whatever, but where he's contributing because that, that's going to matter and you're going to need it. And so in talking to different Blue Jays people, you know, and maybe you have to think this way, but they all feel that it's just, it's almost there and that they're just about to get there with him. And, you know, there's a little bit more runway that, that he has to have, but if it doesn't get figured out, then all of a sudden you're faced with that. So I don't know we're at the, at that decision point yet, but it's starting to get to get closer to decision time, especially as Ross Stripling gets closer to return. How much do you think they'll miss Tim Mesa? A lot. I mean, one, it's it's a leverage arm. One of the one of the guys you're trusting, you know, seventh, occasionally eighth innings, uh, with in situations that matter. Two, uh, they he's the, he was the left hander they were counting on, and it's not like they have a bunch of other options in the system behind them that you could comfortably give innings to at this point. You know, Matt Gage has shown flashes, and uh, he's still a bit younger, young for young in terms of a big league experience, but he's got the velocity, he's got the profile to make it work, but he's untested and unproven. So, you know, in the absence of Timeza, then other guys have to face lefties in pivotal spots. And that's not necessarily the ideal way to set things up. So for all those reasons, they're definitely going to miss him. And it's been, you know, a difficult season for him in a number of different ways, you know, on the injured list now again. And, you know, the, the Blue Jays, it's almost reminiscent of when they had Brett Cecil in 2015, where, you know, Cecil or bust in that bullpen from a left-hander perspective. Uh, and, and they're back there now with Tim Mesa. Shai, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much as always. See you down at the ballpark. Thanks a lot, Shai. Be well, guys. Talk soon. Shai Davidi, our MLB insider with Sportsnet. And Shai's absolutely right. They've, they've, we could sit here and, and joke about it, but I, I, you have no choice with, with you say Kikuchi right now until you see where Ross Stripling is. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe Kikuchi and you have Mitch White ready. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know we, now, I did look at what Thomas Hatch has done in AAA. 
I know you're rolling your eyes, but I wonder if at some point, I mean, you got these guys. You got to use these guys. They do. They don't got to do nothing. I guess. I, I just, Mitch White for me is a starter. He's not a he's not a piggyback guy. He is that's Trent Thornton's job. I know that Trent Thornton's been decent at that. Like he's not a great pitcher, but he's I think a guy that can follow. Did, if you if you have to start Yusei Kikuchi, which they're gonna do that because of how much they paid for him. We all know that. That's just the way it is. You can you can do that all you want. But, but that's the way it is. And to, for for right now. Because and and also they don't have better options. So that's I, I th- how much you're paying him is a stupid reason to it start is, a guy. It is, but it's, that's it's you. You dumb. know, you know, as well, you can say it's it out loud dumb. all you want to well, say am. it. It's dumb. You can say it all you want to say it, but you know that's the fact. So here's the thing: When did Mitch White last pitch? Saturday. Uh, he Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you're going to, if you're going to use them, don't you want to let the guy know? I'm sure they have already. Why, why would they want to tell us? Yeah. I'm sure they have already. P. Walker is a very good communicator. He's not going to just spring it on a guy. Three against the Orioles, and then they go to play the Yankees. Okay, He pitched the sixth that. against Minnesota, so he's had a lot of time off. So He could pitch any of those days you wanted him to pitch. That would be his eighth day? Yeah. But he's a smart guy. He's like Stripling. Like, he that's, can add, subtract. The days true. off is not going to bother him. Because he's not a he's not a power guy. He's right. not a okay. stuff guy. He's more of an add and subtract, trick you a little bit, use the kitchen sink, throw to your weakness. Like he's not a so that day's off. It's not going to bother him. There's there's something else here, and I I uh, wish I could remember who the hell pointed this out to me. This was a couple of days ago on uh, on 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 Twitter, and I made a note of it. I just want to take a look at Kikuchi against the Yankees because this person was making the case. Kikuchi's numbers against the Yankees this year. Don't you roll your eyes. Kikuchi's had, I think he's had some good starts against the Yankees mm-hmm. this year. And this person was saying, do you try to s- sort of keep him in? Okay, here he goes. First started against the Yankees. Wasn't good. It was at Yankee Stadium. Three and a third, five hits. Uh, he faced the Yankees back-to-back, back-to-back in May now. Six innings, three hits, one earned run, seven strikeouts, one walk. Five and a third innings, two hits, two earned runs, seven strikeouts, three walks. The Jays won the first game. He was the winning pitcher record. They lost the next one game by one run. The bullpen gave it up. So this person's point was, oh, and there's a fourth game against the Yankees. Uh, four innings pitched, three hits, five strikeouts, two walks. So, so, But this person's point was with games against the Yankees coming up, maybe, maybe you sort of want to keep Kikuchi in things, in some sort of routine to run them out there against the Yankees. And they've got games against the Yankees coming up next week, correct? Don't they go to Yankee Stadium on the weekend? They got, they got seven games this year left. With so the I don't know. So you're it's, getting it's, one start against the Yankees, bro. It, it's it's possible possible consideration. I mean, if, you, if you're sitting there saying we got to use the guy, then it would make sense to use him against a team he's had some sort of success against. Just a thought. And as I said, I wish I knew who the hell... I mean, it's a good, it's a good thought. It's, it's a good thought. You're putting a lot of thought yeah. process into that, but it's a, you, yeah, I mean, like, I know it's like you're, 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 you're trying, you're trying to back him off and give him a lot of days off between starts just to throw him against one of the best teams in the American league. Oh, well, it's definitely, a big, it's a big ass. It's, de- I mean, it's definitely counterintuitive, but 
to, as you would say, I'm backing what other choices do you have? Using my best weapon against the New York Yankees. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I mean, you're, you know, we're sitting here trying to figure out how to no, how no, to solve an impossible. It's an impossible problem. We're not, basically, we're not telling. We're not trying to solve it. We're telling you why they're doing it. Yeah, that's why. So I'm just going to look at his numbers against the Yankees overall this year. Yeah, I know. I can see you rolling your eyes. Blair's bludgeoning this thing to death. He's going to hammer this to death against the Yankees this year. You say Kikuchi has held the Yankees to a 200 average. Eight walks, 21 strikeouts. He's in four games against the Yankees. His ERA against the Yankees is 386. His whip against the Yankees is 1.125. Yeah, that's those numbers don't scream. Uh, we must back him off just to throw him against the Yankees. That's me. All right. I'd rather have Ross Stripling or, or my other three big guys. Even if you throw Jose Barrios in there. Well, they play the Yankees on the road. So, Barrios will get one of those starts. Manoa will get one of those starts. Kevin Gosman will probably get one of those starts. And and either, I mean, I, I would presume Stripling's going to be back. No question. I would presume no Stripling question. makes his rehab start and then he's back. Right, I'm sure. Uh, every, or all season long, we've been giving you chances to win Blue Jays tickets. Boy, the season's really, we're now into late into August sad. with tickets. I'm sad about that. The season's I going like, so I fast. I like baseball a lot. Yeah, I, I do too, except for holograms of Harry Carey and national anthems. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to just, you keep that finger over there. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question, 590-590. Yesterday we asked you which, which player on the 2005 Angels played 140 games and led the team in home runs and batting average. It was Vladdy Jr. I whiffed badly in this one. No, or Vladdy not, Senior. Vladdy Senior. Let it beat you. I whiffed badly in that one too. It was Vladdy Senior. I thought it might be like a Garrett. It was a trick question, like Garrett Anderson, or the answer to this question, or somebody else. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Angels at the Rogers Center on August twenty seventh. Now this is a good one. This angel led the American League with 47 home runs in the 2000 season. Who is he? Again, because I know Barker wants to, you got a story here. I do. This angel led the American League with 47 home runs in the 2000 season. Who is he? You can text the answer to 595 for your shot to win. This, see rules at sportsnet.ca slash five. Now I got to do the legal this stuff. First, this person was a Blue Jay and he used to fix me so many sandwiches because in batting practice, he used to think he could hit balls further than me at five o'clock. And more home runs than me in batting practice. And the loser had to fix sandwiches. Sandwiches. Yeah, it's money. He, he had so much money that it didn't really it matter. matter like, him. I'm not asking for that. But I, I, I want you to fix money. it, walk it through the clubhouse, holding it like a waiter, handing it to me. So everybody asked, well, why are you doing that? What was his go-to sandwich? I, whatever I would tell him it would be. What, what was your go Peanut butter and jam? No, it's, big, it's a big leaks. Oh. I don't know. It was some fancy... Make him do it, make it longer for him to have to fix it. And so it'd have to it'd be it, a big one. And, and it would have to be a lot of cold cuts with a certain amount of, with, you know, pickles on the side. Oh, and it had, the plate would have to be nice looking like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't tell you to, well, actually, you know, knowing a little bit of this guy, I'm not surprised because he did have a sense of humor, didn't he? He could get the red ass. No, but he, he, talk, he talked to me. He talked a big game like, oh yeah, I'm not playing load management. You know, I'm the only guy on the team that needs it. And I'm not playing today. And. 
let's let's have a little contest. I'm not you sure you want to do that. When we uh, give you the answer next Monday, he he did this guy when he played for the Jays, and we're probably giving it away. Did something that I have other than Pedro Martinez, I've never seen a guy do something that was so out of his comfort zone in game that it it will always stick with me. He did something for this for his team that I guarantee you a lot of major leaguers would have looked at the manager and said, uh-uh. He volunteered it, and he did it multiple times. We'll talk about it when he gives you the answer Monday. Um, you probably you won't be surprised when I tell you, but we'll tell you. Have to wait till Monday? Yeah. Man. Yeah, because then, then I'm going to give away what he did. You're, well, I was pretty, you know, if you're a baseball fan, if you're an average sports fan, you're going, big deal. It's nothing. If you're a baseball fan, you're going to go, or if you've covered the game for a long time, or if you've played the game, you're going to go, that's... Yeah, that's pretty cool. Even if it's the big leagues and you're making a crap ton of money, it's you put your you check your pride to do something. It was huh. it was pretty impressive. So we'll talk about that uh, later on. The Cleveland Guardians are in town for three games against the Blue Jays. Cal Quantrill gets the start tonight. Port Hope, Ontario's very own Cal Quantrill, seven oh seven first pitch. Tom Hamilton is the longtime voice of the Cleveland Guardians. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on 590, 360, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, it's a stretch drive. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan, wherever you get your favorite podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. How would you grade yourself today? Six and a half. <clears throat> How would you grade yourself? Ten out of ten. Yeah. If you DMs don't are it, open for Barker's back leg. Okay. That's true. DMs are open for Barker's I back leg bits. Confidence. Yeah, I prefer to aim low. Uh, DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits for the third time. It's a fact. Um, oh yeah, I, I know that. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know me, I have no pretense when it comes to that. I'm a leader. Leaders don't care what other people think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's go. Why don't you just do the rest of the show? By your freaking well, self. Well, you're dominating it. So why, why stop now? Why don't you just now? do the rest of the show Why by stop yourself? now? You're doing so Shout well Shout out to, uh, I think it was <laughs> the Jillian Lee who pointed out in the middle of my Nike rant that I'm wearing a shirt with a Nike swoosh on it. And so uh, is the Barker. Qu- the, the question is, no, the question is, did you pay for yours? Blood, sweat, and tears, baby. Mm, I, I paid bet, for it with blood, sweat, and tears. I paid for blood, mine. Blood, sweat, and tears. Well, it looks like it. It looks like you got it at one of those stores where they put Don't the rejects. Well, what's the difference? <clears throat> Look on your sleeve. What's your sleeve say over there? What's well, got a sports thing Yeah, what's thing my on sleeve it. say? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Barker owned. <laughs> That's what it says. It does look like. Get a, off your wallet. It looks like one of those colors, though, that they throw into the. Oh, I'll tell my wife that. She picked the color out. So it's I'll a tell great her, color. I'll it's tell one of the best colors I've ever seen. I'm just kidding. You know that. The Guardians. 
I do not want to get feel the wrath of Hazel now. I do not. That'll ruin your weekend. Who? That'll ruin your Don't weekend. Tell people. That'll ruin your weekend. <laughs> no, it will. That'll That's ruin my weekend. Point. I do not. That that is point. no. I don't want that wrath. <laughs> so I take everything back that I've said. Anything I said this week, I take it all back. I don't need that wrath. I'm set up for the weekend. The Guardians are in Toronto to play three games against the Blue Jays. The first of those games tonight, Cal Quantrill will take the hill for the Guardians and uh, Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. The Guardians, as for the first time since I went back and looked, I'm going to bring Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Guardians, in. Tom, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. When... It's the first time since, it's around June 20th, right, where the Guardians were in first place uh, in the Central, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, Yeah, they've they've hovered around it, but um, they've been in ties and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for them to be sitting here today, what, August 12th, and have a game and a half lead um, is certainly the best position they've been in this year because I think now you look at it when it's in August, you know, it's for real because you've been playing baseball here for almost four and a half months. So it's been an incredible story, guys. I mean, they're the not only youngest team in the major leagues, but they're the fifth youngest team in the last 30 years in the major leagues. And uh, to be doing it with so many young players that are either rookies or maybe in their first full season in the big leagues, you know, is obviously a testament to the organizational depth and scouting and development. But I think even more so, um, there's not a, and I, and again, I don't want to disparage anybody when I say this, but there's not a better manager in the game than, than Tito Francona and the kind of culture that Tito creates, not only he and his coaching staff, but it has allowed these young kids to thrive. And, uh, I mean, they're legit. You don't get to this point of the season and uh, be fooling anybody anymore. And I think the most encouraging thing is, guys, they're four games above 500 when they play teams that are 500 or better. So they've played mm-hmm. well against the good teams, too. Tom, what do, what do they have to keep doing to sustain this and, <laughs> and make a serious run down the stretch here at this time? I, to me, it always, guys, it always comes down to starting pitching. Yep. Um, that That's always the tone setter. That's what this organization is known for and what they hang their hat on as far as the ability to develop their own starting pitching because they can't afford to go out and buy the starters and pay the kind of free agent contracts that you have to pay for big-time starting pitchers once they get to their free agent years. So they've had really good starting pitching here in particular over the last week that has really led to this latest surge. And, uh, you know, one of the guys that's been a part of that goes tonight. He's one of your very own in Cal Quantrill. And I know this is this is a big night for Cal to come home and basically pitch in his backyard. And we all know how good his dad was in the major leagues. And his son is every bit the competitor that his dad was. So I think it's really neat for the Quantrill family tonight. And, you know, Cal and the rest of this rotation, in my mind, will determine how far this club goes. There will be uh, no James Karinchek as a result of the uh, vaccine border restrictions. He is the only uh, member of the Guardians, 26-man roster, the only member of the Guardians roster uh, to not be able to make the trip. What does his absence do to uh, Tito's depth in in, in terms of his bullpen depth? That's a great point because James Karinchek 
is now pitching like James Karinchak did the first half of a year ago when he was the most, uh, if not the most, one of the most dominant relief pitchers in the American League. And he had taken over the eighth inning role here over the last uh, week or so. And so it's a big blow. And, and as you guys know, um, the good ball clubs win games from the seventh inning on. The starter gets you to that point, and then it's your bullpen that determines whether or not you can win close games. Uh, Cleveland is 9-2, and two, for instance, in extra inning games. Uh, they've got a really good record in one-run games. That only happens when you've got a good back end of the bullpen. And Emmanuel Classe has emerged as one of the dominant starters in, or excuse me, one of the dominant closers in the American League. But that eighth-inning bridge guy is critical, and it's it's a big loss to not have Karen Jack here uh, for these three ball games against a club as good as Toronto. So, you know, they're, the one thing, though, is they, they always kind of look at it, okay, we just it might be harder, but it doesn't mean we can't find a way to win. So we'll see, but I, I think it's a huge blow. And, uh, you know, the good news is we're not Kansas City. We're not coming up here with 10 guys <laughs> missing. Tom, Tom yeah. why, is, why is Stephen Kwan so good? You know, and, and I think this goes back to, you know, we all kind of maybe get caught up in um, these rankings of your farm system and who are the top prospects, you know, coming up in your farm system or in Major League Baseball. Stephen Kwan was never on anybody's list, uh, but this guy's just always been a winner. You know, fifth-round pick out of Oregon State was the leadoff hitter and center fielder on an Oregon State baseball team that won the national championship in 2018. And, you know, he just has the ability to put the bat on the ball. And I know that sounds simplistic, but how many guys uh, anymore in the game of baseball have more walks than strikeouts? Uh, you can probably count them on maybe one hand. He's doing it as a rookie leading off. And, um, you know, he got off to that great start to start the season uh, in April back in Kansas City, had a tough month of May, but he never doubted himself. And I thought Tito gave him the ultimate compliment, um, probably Tito's favorite player of all time, certainly when he was at Boston, was Dustin Pedroia, mm-hmm. the second baseman. And he says Stephen Kwan has a lot of the same personality traits from the standpoint, supreme confidence in their own ability and guys that don't panic when eventually things go bad. And that's going to happen in a six-month season. He had a bad month of May, but he never panicked. And uh, because of that now, you know, he's as good a rookie hitter as there is in the American League. He's got the ability to hit the ball to all parts of the park. But more importantly, guys, it's amazing how many close pitches he takes for ball four. He doesn't expand the strike zone and – Boy, in today's game, it's rare. Again, that's kind of kind of set the tone for this whole ball club all season long. Um, they have the fewest strikeouts in the American League. They have the highest contact rate. They have the second fewest home runs, but they're still scoring four and a half runs a game because they put the ball in play, and uh, good things happen when you put the ball in play. It's interesting hearing you talk about Stephen Kwan. I, I remember this quote from the start of the season, I went back and, and, and dug it up and it was Terry Francona talking about Stephen Kwan. This was in April. So the season was still new, but he talked about his at bats. It was a particular at bat. He had, uh, it was against Kansas city Royals and he had this line quote, 
I bet there's a lot of player development people in our organization right now who have their chest out, and rightfully so. <laughs> so he's basically saying what you were saying, right? This is a guy who yep. um, the the, organi- the organization, they, they, they knew what they had, but he also needed a little bit of development here. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, when you look at him, he's not physically imposing. Um, he's probably 5'10". Uh, I'm guessing around 170, 175, but he's wiry strong. He's got a high leg kick. Guys, you don't see a lot of guys that have high leg kicks anymore that are especially good at putting the bat on the ball. A lot of times the high leg kick will will lead to some disruption in timing and a lot of swing and misses, but it doesn't in his case. And to your point, I mean, he was developed. And uh, I give Tito, but I also give the front office a lot of credit in that he went to spring training. I don't think any of us ever envisioned him making the ball club out of Arizona. And he made the ball club. And in today's game, when we see times, how many times were young players forced to go back to the minor leagues, mm-hmm. even if he's ready? Um, Cleveland put him in the opening day lineup in Kansas City. He's been there ever since. And, um, you know, that confidence has been rewarded. And to your point, it, it's. You know, this is an organization that we know they're limited in revenue and what the payroll can be. And so you better be able to draft, develop, and, uh, you know, create your own stars. You can go out and occasionally supplement with a free agent, but it's going to have to come from the farm system. It's really been that way, guys, since this franchise turned things around under Hank Peters, John Hart and Danny O'Dowd back in the 90s. It's always been about player development. It always will be. And they also have a very deep farm system right now. So uh, I I think, once again, the window for being a contender is wide open for this franchise for a number of years to come. Uh, Shane Beaver's pitching Sunday, I believe. Uh, and 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 I say pitching. You know, since the shoulder issue that he's had, have you seen, Tom, a, a adjustment that he's made or he's had to make to turn him yeah. into this, Shane? You know, he doesn't throw 95 anymore, or at least he hasn't this year. And I'm not saying he won't again in the future, but Shane has talked about he's kind of fought it all season long, trying to make some adjustments in his mechanics and in his delivery. You know, he missed almost half of the year a year ago, as you talked about, with a shoulder injury. And you just don't automatically come back and pick up where you left off when you were healthy. And yet he finds a way to, to still be one of the top starters in the game. And he's, you know, a guy that probably now is, you know, more around that 92, 93 mile an hour uh, area with his fastball. But that's good enough, guys, if you command it. And he's always been a guy that's been about command. He's never been a guy that, okay, yeah, he had 95 miles an hour in the tank, but he wasn't just rearing back and blowing people away. It's always been about working both sides of the plate, working up, working down in the strike zone. Um, He has about as good a slider and curveball as there are in the game. And so for Shane Bieber, I think it's been even more important for him this year with command and more important for him than ever to throw inside especially to, to right-handed hitters so that you keep them honest. And, you know, he's, again, he's, he's an ace for a reason. And it's amazing to me he's put the numbers up, even though he feels like he still hasn't quite gotten to where he wants to be with his mechanics and his delivery. He's still tinkering a little bit. But 
um, man, there's there's not a guy you'd rather have on the mound in a game you've got to win than Shane Bieber. There'll be a lot of focus in this city as well on Josh Naylor. Um, now I know mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know that uh, that that it was I believe the end of July where there was I, I'd read that he was experiencing some numbness in the ankle, the same ankle he, had, he broke during that that horrific injury. Uh, is is that Tom? Is there is there any sense of concern? I know he's played he's played a lot since then, but it, was that a bit of a red flag? For the Guardians, just the the numbness in 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 such a you know an area where there was such a serious injury. I think they've really been cognizant of that leg. You know, I broke the leg in two different spots. The dislocation of the ankle that you talked about. Oh. Um, they they you know guys. I in all honesty, it made you sick to your stomach last June when it happened in Minneapolis. I thought his career was over. I mean, when you you saw the collision, you saw the impact, you saw him writhing in the outfield grass. I mean, it was just horrific. And the fact that he felt like he could have played opening day. Now, Cleveland sent him to Columbus for about a week or so and kept him out of the lineup opening day because they they were just so concerned about his long-term future. I mean, his work ethic, uh, there's no comparing it. And uh, the ability for him to get back and put himself in the picture in spring training was just incredible. And the way he handled this, uh, what could have been career ending injury uh, is a testament to him and his family. I know how much his mom and dad mean to him and his two brothers, of course, Bo Naylor will be our catcher of the future, his um, closest brother in age. And then, you know, if you talk to, uh, to Josh, he'll tell you the youngest brother who has another year of high school left is the best nailer of the bunch. <laughs> from a talent standpoint, but they've been, they've really monitored his workload. That's why you'll see him DH a lot of times as well as play first base, because you know, that that's something they've got to keep an eye on. And so, yeah, there are times he just can't go because it's sore and it's fatigued and, and uh, some of the things that you talked about, but uh, man, he's uh, he's got the heart of a champion. And again, he has had so many big hits for this ball club this year and, his enthusiasm and energy is infectious. Tom, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Hey, guys, great to be with you, and thanks uh, for having me, and uh, all the best. It's a fun Blue Jay team you've got to watch. Thanks, Should be Tom. a lot You're of fun best. this weekend. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Tom Hamilton is the voice of the Guardians, and uh, they're in town for three games starting tonight, 7.07. Should be some good pitching on tap here. Tristan, I love watching Tristan McKenzie pitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been talking about Tristan McKenzie sure. for a while. Cal Quantrill gets a start tonight, and then Shane Bieber on Sunday. It, that's, I mean, I knew they were young. I didn't realize they were like the fifth youngest team in the last, sure. the last 30 years. And then as Tom was talking, I was going through their ages, and I'm going, they are young. Mm-hmm. I, th- this, <laughs> this is a window of opportunity. They got a little, they're playing a little house money, too. Let's be honest. When you're, when you're that young, I mean, did... It's, I, I don't want to say that it's not always about your team because it is. It, it's turned into that. But to begin the season and go on this run, when you're a young guy, you're trying to establish yourself. You're trying to stay in the big leagues. You know, it's a little bit more about yourself than it is the team. And that's why you need to have a, a, a manager that's been there and done it before that knows how to ground guys and, and tell them what the end goal is. And it doesn't help to have really good pitching, too, and a really good bullpen, which they have. And he mentioned the tough outs. 
And then you you flip it around at the Blue Jays' side, and how do the Blue Jays beat good teams? They have to sort of be tough outs. Well, we saw in that series in Cleveland, I, I, we talked a bit about this yesterday. Foul balls. The, and the Guardians, they just wore, no they question. wore the That's Jays what down. They, do. no they just question. wore the Jays down. Sure did. And... So Fight. strike one, unpredictable with two strike with two strikes. Like the rotation for the Blue Jays have to be really good. You know, you have to be really efficient with strike one, uh, and hitting one through nine. They got to be tough outs. Like you can't be chasing as many pitches. You got to zone up. You got to give them half the plate. If they do that, it'll be a good series. If you don't do that, it'll be tough to beat the Guardians. It really will. Well, it's that time of the show where we uh, we call Barker's back like bits, where we solicit comments from listeners or viewers for Kevin Barker. Uh, Dave Campbell says he's listening to your show. This was yesterday morning. Poor Kevin was taking some heat. Four? He always does. It was a couple of days ago, yesterday. He wanted to share a laugh with you. My four-and-a-half-year-old son was in the car listening, and he said he heard and he heard the Jays need more left-handed batters. After mm-hmm. I dropped him off at home from our errand, my wife just sent me this, and he said... Send this to dad and give it to the radio guys. I bat left-handed. So I've shown Barker the picture. <laughs> and there you go. So there, there, there's awesome. a, at least at least somebody, by, by, by the time your son gets gets up here, Dave, man, I mean, they still may have a need sure. for left-handed. I, I would assume hitting. so. Where, where's the heat that I was getting? I was just, it, it was, I guess, I don't know. I guess people, oh, it was, you know what it was? It was a day that you were accused of fat shaming Alejandro Kirk, I think. It was a couple of days ago. I saw the, uh, I, I saw the tweet. You were accused of, of fat shaming Alejandro Kirk. I, of course, rode to your defense. Oh, you did. Yeah. Uh, and, and but you didn't need it. You did a good job of uh, of, of talking yourself out of uh, out of a dicey situation. I was pretty impressed. Trevor Bazanson lives in Qatar or Qatar. I don't know how we're supposed to pronounce it. It's where the World Cup is. Uh, did the Jays get caught in between in the prospects? There wasn't a trade that made sense to move the top three to five guys in the secondary prospects to make the kind of deal the Yankees and others made. Another consideration is next year they raised is is that they raised the floor for next year's team. And uh, thanks us. He always catches a podcast overseas. And thanks for that. Uh, I mean, Kevin, uh, this, I think we were were both very clear coming out of the, the trade deadline. I think the one thing we took away from it was the Jays minor league system isn't as deep as a lot of people would try to tell you it is. I also, I do, I do, I do think the Cubs were the, asking too much for what the Blue Jays were were wanting to get from the Cubbies and the Tigers, Robertson the, and or Happ. The Tigers were the same way. Like we, when you're asking too much, it just doesn't make any sense. And Ross Atkins tried to do the best he could do with piecing it together. And yeah, you know, I think it's a combination of a bunch of things of where you feel like you're at against the best teams in, in your division, the best teams in the American League, and how deep of a run you think you can make in the playoffs and some things got to go right for the Blue Jays to go where they want to go. Let's not lie about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, which is nothing uh, wrong with that. It's not. They're not a finished product. Winston Chance, assuming the Jays enter the playoffs with full health, full health, would you consider hitting Lourdes in the number two hole? I'm curious what this lineup would do: Springer, Guriel, Vlad, Bo, Teoscar, Chapman, Tapia, or Merrifield, Jansen, Kirk, Biggio, Espinal. No. You got to go with Vladdy number two the rest of the year. No considering, question. No question. Considering how big a deal was made of it, considering how much it's been talked about. Unless he and and also and and Winston, this is the thing. I mean, Vladdy's 
it's not like the move to number two has hurt him. No. No, I think that's more of a mechanical thing, and and he's adjusted to how pitchers are trying to get him out. I don't know if that has so much to do with where he's hitting in the lineup, other than he's just a really good hitter who's made an adjustment. It took him a little while to figure that out, figure out that he doesn't always have to try and go up and carry the team, which he has to. And I, but he doesn't have to go up and try to. No, and I don't. I don't know about you, but if 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 the Jays are in a position where they worry or where they're going to have to worry about George Springer's availability. I need Vladdy coming up. If 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 I've got you know pick a guy, Guriel leading off or or whoever leading off, I it's almost more important now. I have Vladdy hitting second because I don't want to have necessarily have two guys have Vladdy coming up with two outs, right? I want Vladdy to come up if there's just one out. I want Vladdy to come up, and then I want Bo to be able or Teoscar whoever to pick him up. I don't think you can. Yeah, I think you leave. Vladdy I mean, I would, I would assume spot. that Lourdes will be leading off if if Springer is not that, back that would and is healthy. That would make a lot of sense. You're not going to disrupt what Vladdy's trying to do in the two hole, uh, the the three spot. Now, don't say it out loud, but that would be the one spot that you would have to think about. But again, you want to stack your best hitters up front, get them the most yeah. bats, and if you think that's Kirky, then you leave Kirky in the three hole, and and then we you figure it out. Yeah, I, I think that's. that's if you're the Jays, I think you would really, and and it's amazing what happens over the course of 162 games. By the time the playoffs roll around, if they're in the playoffs, for somebody else could be hot, Teo could sure. be in a heater, and then you can move you can move Alejandro Kirk down. Because I am just with you. I don't. I'm not a fan of Alejandro Kirk being on base with. My, the but you of my also order don't want to overthink it. Who's your best three hitters at the time the playoffs are yeah. starting? And, uh, that's that's right. who's hitting the top three. And, that, and, that, and that's the other thing we need to remember is a lot will depend on the hot hand. If somebody's on a roll going in the playoffs, that person's role is going to be increased. That is it for us. Thanks so much for joining us. That was a lot of fun. You were decent today. I tried. I tried. Parker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk on Sunday. We will be back on Monday with Blair and Barker from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and please have yourself a great weekend.